Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're going to go in every game believing we can win. We're going to have a lot of young players excited to see develop. And we have a chance to be part of that core you're talking it's about. It's time for the Ben Cherry to Show. Every Sunday on the Pirates Radio Network. For all Pirates breaking news updates and information. As well as a chance to win exclusive prizes. Follow the Pirates on Twitter. Add Pirates to Snapchat. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Pirates. And on Instagram at Pittsburgh Pirates. Find out more at Pittsburgh.com slash Connect. It's the Ben Cherry to Show. Every Sunday on the Pirates Radio Network. Sherrington show as the Pirates get set for the Giants in a little bit. They're trying to take three out of four from the team leading the National League. And we are joined by Pirates general manager Ben Sherrington. First, thanks for uh, coming on, spend some time with us, and uh, wanted to get a little feel for uh, what's uh, going on with the team. But uh, first, I got to talk about last night and, and Jacob Stallings. Uh, it was really a, a team effort, of course, but it's, it's fun to watch him because knowing where he was a couple of years ago, designated for assignment before you got here. Uh, but I want to ask you about uh, the commitment making uh, that you guys made to him to be a starting player in 2020 and kind of maybe take us through that process to where it is as of today where he was uh, the offensive hero toward the tail end of the game yesterday. Yeah, well, I, you know, a lot, lot of good things inside that game last night. Um, certainly Stallings was one of them. But even inside that game, you know, obviously there's a play, the play in the first inning with a pop-up that fell, uh, which is a tough play and kind of contributes us to being a whole – and, you know, not putting on that on any one player, but Stallings is in the middle of the play. And uh, I think it says a lot about him generally uh, how he responds to th- stuff like that. He just has a way of responding to adversity um, with a purpose and not, not emotionally, but with a purpose and just finds a way to come back and, you know, find a way to get better. And he's done that in his life. He's done that in his career. You know, he's had all kinds of adversity in the minor leagues, on and off rosters, et cetera. As you said, not not necessarily, like, maybe seen as an everyday guy. Um, but he's just responded to every piece of adversity and gotten better. And that's what's made him an everyday player. It's not like – I don't think it's anything we're doing to make that decision. He's, he's making the decision for us um, by just, you know, continuing to get better in his game. And um, so I thought inside the game last night was a nice – kind of microcosm of who he is and uh, fun to see what he did late in the game for sure. Yeah, and you talk about the improvement and this is kind of what you've been getting at with how the Pirates can get better by uh, you know drafting or signing guys, making a, a trade that helps out positively, developing players, but also just players themselves improving. And I guess he would be a great example of that. For sure. I mean, you know, he's, he's um, continued to get better 
this is going back, you know, years, obviously, but uh, continue to make his defensive game better. Um, you know, he's so dialed into the pitcher, cares about the pitcher. You know, we know he can catch and block and throw and, and all those things. But then to turn himself into a threat offensively at the major league level, um, you know, now we, you know, we see him come up to the plate and sort of expect him to have a good at-bat and uh, occasionally get some power, particularly against the lefty. Um, and we sort of take that for granted. Well, you know, you can't take that for granted. He, he worked himself to a point where he <laughs> can do that. Um, so, you know, lots of credit to him, and, and he's a fun guy to be around. And I'm hoping uh, for many more examples of that. We're, we're seeing a, a lot of those with this Pirates team this year. We're at the, today's going to be the quarter point of the season, 40 games after today. Um, and what, what are you seeing from this team? What, what stands out to you? Uh, maybe some things that surprise is not the right word, but weren't anticipating or as much uh, to that degree, uh, either individually or collectively from this team? Well, one, you know, one kind of general point, I think, I know we've talked about uh, the idea that as we're building a winning team, part of that obviously is, you know, the players themselves, talent, building a base of talent, um, and just getting stronger and stronger with that over time. And, um, and some of that is acquiring players, some of that's players improving, all those things. We've talked about that. But in addition, we've also talked about, you know, that there's like a cultural uh, you know, evolution that happens while while that while the roster building is happening, and uh, and I think that that's particular you know particularly important and and just as important and something that Shelty and the coaches and the players themselves uh, talk about and focus on every day. And it's really it's really just when I say the cultural evolution, it's really just how we do things every day. It's you know how are we sharing information, how are we responding from outcomes, how are we practicing. How are we making adjustments? How are we going into a game uh, prepared? Uh, how are we making adjustments in the game? What, are we, what decisions are we making in the game? All those things add up to helping you either have a better chance to win a game or not. And uh, so I, you know, I'm really pleased with how that's coming along. Um, you know, there's, uh, and it's not, again, it's, it's not just Shelty and the staff. It certainly is them, but it's also the players. Um, and just every day finding a way to be a little bit better prepared, uh, continuing to challenge ourselves and how we're using information, how we're sharing information, um, and how we're and then all, and then ultimately how we're responding to the outcome to come back the next day. Uh, so it, again, that stuff is really important and just as important as what the roster itself looked like. We have to do both, uh, but been encouraged by that. And then of course, you know, there's been good. Uh, some good individual uh, performances, individual development stories, uh, both on the position player and pitching side of the ball. We're always going to be looking for more of those. Uh, certainly encouraged by how you know well the team is competing, and we're encouraged that um, you know not too long from now we have some guys, uh, particularly on the position position player on the IL right now, that who have a chance to come back and you know hopefully make us even deeper. Can you give us an update on, on some of the guys? Any uh, guys on the injury list either going out on rehab or, or making strides to getting to that point maybe in the next week or so? Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, the Moran and Evans were both, uh, you know, more recent uh, IL placements. And our, our hope is that um, in the way they're coming along, our hope is that, uh, you know, they can be um, – you know, starting to ramp up their baseball activities and, and, and perhaps even avoid a rehab assignment and be in a position where, you know, we could bring them back at some point. We don't have a date for that yet, but they're both progressing. They're both starting to get more and more activity. Colin's obviously been out there uh, taking ground balls. So we're, uh, 
Uh, we're hopeful as we get um, towards the latter part of May um, that that'll be more realistic. Um, Brian is coming along really well. We obviously, given the amount of time missed, we are going to build a rehab assignment for him. Um, we've we've started to map that out. You know, spent we'll get with Key on that, but uh, would hope that that would start. You know, sometime uh, in the next several days as the team gets out on the road trip. Um, and then you know we've got to we got to, in fairness to him, give him a chance to play a good amount. Um, you know, so he'll get some minor league games under his belt just to build back up. Because it's not just the wrist at this point; it's just making sure the body is conditioned uh, to play nine inning games again and sort of get through that progression. So we'll give him a chance to play a, a good chunk of minor league games, and hopefully that starts uh, not too long from now. And then Chad Cool is going to go out on a rehab assignment also. Uh, he did a two-inning sim game here the other day through his side yesterday. Uh, so he's ready to go out, and he'll make, uh, again, given the time missed um, and just the importance of a starter and getting the pitch count back up, we want to give him a chance to face hitters. So um, he's going to spend some time with Indy and uh, looking forward to seeing him back soon. Uh, so, not too long now, too. So multiple starts probably with I would, Indy. We, yeah. we would guess so, yeah. We're going to take it. You know, kind of take it one at a time, but we would expect multiple starts. Okay, that sounds good. We're with Pirates General Manager Ben Charrington, and we'll take a break, and we'll have more with him coming up right here on the Pirates Radio Network. Back on the Ben Charrington Show, Pirates and Giants coming up in just a little bit, and wanted to ask you about a couple of pitchers here in this segment. And uh, first, Mitch Keller will go uh, for the Pirates here today, and, of course, uh, he gets talked about quite a bit because uh, sometimes he looks fantastic, sometimes he has a hard time. Uh, he is still yet to pitch 100 major league innings. I think that's something that is an important caveat. But why uh, do some pitchers adjust more quickly to um, adversity within a game, can make the adjustments, uh, limit to, to a, in a run or two per se? And then uh, Keller, in Keller's case, sometimes those innings do steamroll. We've seen that again this year. What's taking place? What are you seeing? Uh, how can he get to that point where he could be more consistent soon? What, what, what are you guys talking about with with Mitch Keller? Yeah, well, if I had the if I had the crystal clear answer, the key to turn turn that, I would turn that lock really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so really, I, I think what we because we don't have the single silver bullet solution. Uh, you know, what we try to do is just continue to um, you know to to engage with Mitch, ask a lot, ask a lot of questions, share information, support him. Um, try to look for ways to just slowly nudge it forward, and certainly he's doing that. He's working really hard. Um, it does remind me that I think part of part of the answer to your question is that um, part of the answer to your question, you know, has nothing to do with sort of dealing with adversity within a game. Is really and really it's just about skills. And there are uh, there are sometimes skills that work really well enough in the minor leagues and just don't work as well in the major leagues. And um, and sometimes you don't even know for sure until a guy's in the big leagues, and then it just requires an adjustment. So it doesn't mean that that player's not going to be a good major league player, major league pitcher, but just requires an adjustment. And the major league game has a way of telling you um, because it's faster and the and the hitters are better and all those that has a way of telling you what those you know where, where those limitations are. Um, I remember Clay Buckles when Clay Buckles came up um, as a young pitcher in the in the Red Sox system. I mean, he shot through the system really quickly, um, you know, really highly regarded prospect, came up, had some immediate success, but then struggled, you know, for about a year and went back down uh, uh, to AAA, went through that kind of process and 
um, had to learn. And, and with him, a lot of it was just figuring out figuring out what his fastball was going to be at the major league level. He had really good breaking stuff, really good off-speed stuff, threw hard velocity-wise, but he was having a hard time using his fastball at the major league level, and he kind of had to change how he used it, how often he used it, where he used it, what the shape of it was. Um, so that's that's an example from my own personal memory of a guy who um, kind of had the, where the major it, it took the major league game to tell him um, that, okay, <laughs> you're really good at these things, got to adjust these, and then sure enough, he did, and he uh, you know, had a lot of really good years. There's plenty of other examples mm-hmm. like that. Um, so, again, sometimes it's learning to manage the adversity. Sometimes it's just the skills itself uh, that the major league game's different, and we learn from that and, um, you know, make adjustments. And, um, you know, Mitch is working really hard, and he's – uh, putting everything he has into it. As long as he keeps doing that, eventually he will do that. Yeah, and we're seeing adjustments being made. Uh, uh, the fastball more. Uh, it looks like he's throwing more strikes with it, things yep. like that, as we go along and try different things, uh, see what works, uh, you know, uh, educated guesses, uh, that kind of thing. And uh, maybe he'll get on a roll. Maybe it starts today. Uh, the other pitch I want to ask you about is Miguel Yahure, who got sent back down. And he's had, uh, even though the first start, I think it was four runs in four and a third, but he was so good through the first four innings of that start. And then he was excellent through five innings uh, the other day against these Giants. Uh, does he have a chance to be in this rotation for a while here? Because uh, it looks like, from my untrained eyes, uh, that he certainly could, but you do have other guys uh, as well. So uh, where does he stand right now? Yeah, no, he's in a good spot, and, and obviously he's a guy we think highly of. And what we're trying to do with uh, – Miguel and and maybe with others also as the season as we get into the season is just pick spots to um, you know pick spots to bring guys in and, and, and give them a chance to make major league starts um, and there's you know hopefully a dual benefit of that that they get that experience and development uh, opportunity but also occasionally we'll use that to kind of pick a time to uh, push back the rest of the guys give guys give the rest of the guys an extra day. Um, of rest again that's partly just coming off last season and we're trying to be mindful of um, how much guys are working and just just be thoughtful about it so that's that's part of what's happening there may see that with others but with Miguel himself yeah you know he's he's got um, he's got a really uh, strong and advanced ability um, to command the baseball and all of his pitches and uh, when you can do that, you've got a chance to keep hitters off balance and um, and be successful. And we've seen that in both of his starts in the big leagues. As you said, he ran into a little bit of trouble later in the Tiger start. Um, but he's got a really good idea of what he's doing, multiple pitches he can throw for strikes. And um, he's also really young. So, you know, we're going to challenge him to continue his development in Indy here in the short term. And he knows he's got stuff he's working on. Um, and, uh, you know, wouldn't surprise me at all if we see him again here at some point, and certainly a guy that, you know, longer term we think can be a part of our rotation. Good stuff from Ben Charrington, Pirates general manager. More to come here on the show right after this here on the Pirates Radio Network. We're back with Pirates general manager Ben Charrington. The Pirates and the Giants coming up. Pirates trying to take three out of four from San Francisco. That'll be in a bit. And uh, we've got to talk about the uh, minor leagues. It's almost every night, if not every night so far, (laughs) that uh, there's something notable. And last night the Bradenton Marauders pitch a combined no-hitter. Uh, were you following along with that? How do you follow along uh, the, the Pirates minor leagues uh, when you're here in Pittsburgh? We, we use all methods available to us. So <laughs> there is the MILB app, uh, which is handy if you're walking around and not in front of a monitor or something. 
Um, a lot of our games are, you know, we've got the live feed on with mo most of the time on most of our games, not not all the time. Um, so uh, we use whatever methods we have, but that was exciting. Yeah, we were following that last night. Um, you know, we're, we're typically following the minor league games pretty closely, and uh, it's cool actually. Last, last two nights, uh, for both Friday and Saturday nights, uh, every team in the Pirates organization won, um, which is cool, and you don't always have that, so it's nice when it happens. And what about um, looking at the, uh, the some of the changes that have been made, either temporarily or permanently? Uh, the rule experimentations in some of the different minor leagues, or all the minor leagues, I guess that they're just different in each league. Uh, the six-game series with the uh, designated off day. Uh, anything stick out at you uh, of note that you, you like or are intrigued about? Yeah, I think on the rules front, um, it still seems it's like a little bit early to tell uh, what the effects are and what we can learn from them. And, and to be totally honest, I haven't even asked our minor leagues, our player development staff, much yet about what they're seeing. I'm sure we'll get into that conversation more and, you know, what are we learning from it, what are we getting from it. And then the league will, you know, get more information over time too and figure out, okay, like we're seeing this change and but there's this unintended consequences. And it's the, mm -hmm. re the reason that you know, I, I very much support the league's uh, attempt here to or position of you know, trying rules changes out at the minor league level first, and really let's let's try to make let's make sure we understand as much as we possibly can about the effects of those rules before we consider them at the major league level. I think that's the right thing to do. Um, the six-game series, again, time will tell, and I said, you know, I, the, the concern becomes obviously you play six teams six games in a row, and by the end, you know, what's the relationship between the two teams chippy? like? <laughs> um, so we'll see. I, we haven't had that happen with our teams yet the benefit though um is just to reduce travel you know and that means more practice time you know easier to get routines done easier to get meaningful time on the field less wear and tear um you know less time on buses so um in that respect uh there's a benefit we'll we'll see as the season goes on you know kind of what that looks like having worked as a broadcaster in the minor leagues for nine years less time I'm on buses sure. it sounds very nice <laughs> I uh, want to ask you, too, what are, what are the uh, protocols, and I'm sure they're changing rapidly, especially with, uh, with the CDC uh, this week coming out with the, uh, the mask recommendations and such, but what, what is going on in the minor leagues? Uh, we'll start there first with um, the different uh, protocols uh, and, and different methods for them. How does it vary, I guess, from the major league group? It's, it's pretty consistent um, in terms of the testing is a little less frequent, so we have, we have twice a week testing in the minor leagues. Um, otherwise, pretty consistent uh, in terms of social distancing requirements, uh, masks inside, et cetera, um, travel. Obviously, we're in buses more than planes in the minor leagues, and we have a requirement to have a certain amount of buses so that they can be distanced. Uh, so, and, you know, the food um, preparation and serving is consistent, um, you know. so. A lot of it's the same. Um, you know, we've gotten, we've been able to get, you know, a, a strong majority of our minor league players and staff uh, vaccinated, which helps. Um, similar that we've done in the major leagues, and we're continuing to encourage that, obviously. And 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 part of the encouragement is because the more vaccinated folks we have, um, you know, the more likely that uh, the protocols just ease up. That is part of it. Um, but, you know, I would still argue more importantly is because we really care about people's health and safety and we want to, and, 
you know, as much as it's great to see these signals uh, of life, some some aspects of life coming back, um, in the announcement this day, uh, this week from the state of Pennsylvania, it's 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 encouraging. At the same time, we you know the virus is out there; it's still it's a threat. Uh, there are reminders outside the pirates. There are reminders inside the pirates uh, all the time that um, you know the virus is still out there. It's a real threat, and you don't want to get it. Um, so, you know, <laughs> we encourage the vaccination because of that. Now, how's it going on, on the major league side with, with all that right now? Yeah, good. And, and, and we're, again, our position has been uh, continue to share information, answer questions. Ultimately, you know, that's a, it's an important personal choice that people are making. And we just want people to have all the information um, that they need and have an opportunity to answer all the questions they want or ask all the questions they want to ask uh, around that topic. And um, uh, but, but we're continuing to see... Uh, a higher, 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 and higher percentage of our major league travel party, uh, who are either now fully vaccinated or on their way to fully being fully vaccinated, um, you know, we're inching closer to the 85 uh, percent number. Um, certainly within single digits of that number at this point. Um, you know, so we'll hope we're hopeful and we'll we'll keep working at it. Well, that's good uh, to know from Ben Charrington, the Pirates general manager. Here on the show, we got one more segment coming up, but first we got to pause 10 seconds for a station break here on the Pirates Radio Network. And more with Ben right after this. One final segment on the Ben Charrington Show on the Pirates Radio Network. A little bit more with Pirates GM Ben Charrington. Pirates and the Giants coming up. Pirates trying to take three out of four from San Francisco. And we got that for you at the top of the hour. I got a whole bunch of uh, things to ask you. I want to ask you about first. Derek Shelton said uh, maybe a week or two ago uh, he likes weighted runs creation, uh, runs created plus uh, velocity off the bat where some of the, the, the numbers that he looks at, and, and these are numbers that uh, maybe are foreign to most, including me sometimes, um, as I just said it wrong, for, for instance. But uh, are there numbers that this team, most teams maybe, I, I'm not sure, uh, but uh, that fans can follow along with that are uh, unconventional, so to speak, that we can go, okay, well, this is probably what the Pirates are looking at when, when they get a guy or they're, noting that this guy deserves more playing time or what do you got for us yeah well that's that we could probably spend a whole segment on that <laughs> topic but um you know one way to think about it would be that uh there are some numbers that really are intended to tell us what has already happened uh they're descriptive they're describing what's already happened so they're describing what j2 brubaker has done already this season um in a way that's as accurate as possible. And sometimes that, you know, so if you hear like, you know, that JT Brubaker has an adjusted ERA of X, um, it's telling us that that's what his performance has been to this point. And it's stripping out, you know, maybe luck um, and, or environment or things like that. Um, so there's descriptive stats and then there's predictive uh, stats that are attempting to tell us what J2 Brubaker is going to do going forward either the rest of the season or in coming years. So that's one distinction. Um, both of those measurements might be using some of the same inputs, but it's a different way of thinking about it. Uh, for me personally, I think we would mostly look at um, performance measurements where uh, as much as possible the um, environmental or uh, luck-related uh, um, kind of noise has been stripped out so if you um and and by this time of the season you can pretty much do that you know you're 40 games in and we have enough data now that 
you know, we pretty much know that, um, you know, Adam Frazier's performance is this, and um, it's pretty real based on what we're seeing and what the numbers are telling us about the under, you know, what the underlying numbers are telling us, you know, and, you know, so what, what do I mean by that? Well, we know that not only does he have, I don't have it in front of me, what his OPS is eight something, right? But what we know also is that if we look underneath that, at his swing decisions, um, not only are they good, but they're you know consistent with what they've been in the past when he's been at his, his best. We look at the quality of his contact, um, not just the hard hit um, numbers, but also you know the direction of his hits. He's using the field. He's hitting the ball you know as hard as he um, has when he's been at his best. So you look at that stuff. You look at the quality of the competition he's faced. You know, there's nothing like um, abnormal there where he's lucked into a stretch where he's facing a bunch of bad pitching or something that's pretty much normalized by this time uh, so you can feel pretty confident that you know Adam Frazier's performance is real doesn't mean necessarily he's gonna automatically keep doing that exactly at the same level um, but there's nothing in it that suggests that he's had you know an inordinate amount of luck or something like that um, so that's a long kind of winded answer to one we should probably spend half an hour on. <laughs> but mostly we look at, we try to separate between uh, what is descriptive, which is really like looking back. This is what's happened uh, from what is, what is predictive moving forward. And we try to strip, it, strip as much of the luck and environmental fact factors out as we can. No, that's really insightful. I, I'm just curious because so much uh, continues to change, always will, uh, with how teams evaluate players and and I wanted to bring up a player for the Giants uh, since uh, the Pirates are playing them and we got about three three minutes left Mike Yastrzemski was 28 years old before he ever played in a big league game uh, he came up through the Orioles system and uh, was cast aside basically the Giants liked him I guess right and I'm kind of overgeneralizing and last year he got MVP votes so uh, there are useful players out there and maybe even some pretty good ones that don't even play a big league game until they're 28 years old. And I know the Pirates are certainly are trying to find some of those guys. Um, is, is, is there a rhyme or reason to predicting uh, those sorts of players? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, credit to the Giants because they've done a good job with that, not just Mike Yastrzemski, but others on this roster right now who they've acquired, um, you know, maybe a little bit, you know, later on or without a lot of prof high profile or uh, publicity and found some really good players kind of in undervalued places and, and Mike Yastrzemski is certainly one of them. Um, but again, yeah, like if you think about Mike Yastrzemski, um, you think about a lot of things we've talked about on this show before about just perseverance, you know, continuous improvement. Um, you know, here's a kid obviously grew up, grew up in the Northeast um, I met him when he was a kid. He doesn't remember it. <laughs> but, uh, grew up in the Northeast, cold weather, uh, goes to Vandy. He's a good player at Vandy, not a superstar. Um, you know, not super physically physical or huge, uh, and, and, and that probably comes out with, you know, maybe, maybe not impacting the baseball at a really high level as a younger player. Um, but he always did a lot of things well. He always made good swing decisions. He was a good defender, smart baseball player. So as he's gotten stronger and continued to work at it, now he's starting to impact the baseball a little bit more, and the and the whole game is coming together. So there are examples like that. We and and you know those that's the kind of player we need to be on the lookout for here also. Um, and I can't talk about Mike Kishremski without talking about his grandfather, who I got to know uh, with the Red Sox. And Carl, obviously, people know him as a Hall of Famer. 
I know him as the guy that would come to spring training and not want anyone to know anything about it, no publicity, uh, don't want to do any media, don't want anybody to know I'm here. I want to bury myself on the backfields and work with 18-year-olds and spend 15 hours a day doing it. And I'm only saying that because if, you know, the, some of that work ethic probably rubbed off on younger generations of Yastrzemski's. <laughs> um, and uh, so exciting to see that. That's really neat. And and, and, and we got only just a few seconds left. But, uh, uh, you know, Kai Tom, for instance, who is in there today. He's 26. He's never played in the big leagues before. You, you just think about some of these guys that, uh, you know, one or two or three of them might end up being a, a big part of this Pirates team. Yep, we'll need that forward. to happen for sure. Yeah. Well, Ben, hey, thanks as always for the time. Always appreciate the insight, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. All right, that's Pirates general manager Ben Charrington. And uh, the Pirates coming up have a chance to take three out of four from the Giants, the team with the best record in the National League. And today it's Mitch Keller. He'll be opposed by Alex Wood, free agent signee of the Giants, lefty 4-0 with a 180 earned run average. And we'll have that for you coming up. Matt and I will join you in just a little bit as we get you set for the Pirates and the Giants. And thanks again to Ben Sherrington here on the show. We got baseball for you coming up on this Sunday afternoon, the Pirates and the Giants right here on the Pirates Radio Network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.